All right, Nicole, what would you say is the ultimate threat to Facebook, Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, companies like this? Losing the eyeballs of their users. Losing the eyeballs. All right, what do you mean? So these platforms rely on people coming to them, looking, viewing, and content, engaging, and ultimately for them to be advertised to. You lose people's attention. You lose their engagement. You lose your advertising revenue, and eventually you probably go away. Yeah, so you'd think Facebook and these companies aren't actually afraid of losing advertising revenue in the long run. That's just their short-term means to continuing to fund their ability to gather more and more of people's attention. So the true currency in today's world isn't actually currency money. It's people's attention. And, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today. I know it's what we're going to talk about today because <laughs> we said well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And people know it's what we're going to talk about because you just clicked the title of the podcast episode, which tells you what we're going to talk about. So now that we have your attention, I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. We're broadcasting from beautiful Bend, Oregon here. And so today we're going to talk about the attention economy and tied into something we've been working on here at Shape recently, which is a new announcement video that we put out. And we did something a little bit different than we've done in the past. And a lot of it is driven by internal conversations we've had about eyeballs. Where are people's eyeballs today? Or, you know, Where are they spending their time? How can you get in front of somebody? How can you do marketing? in today's world where people's attention are pulled so many different places and is that really any different than it was 50 years ago and talk about what has changed and how it's changed and how we're looking at that for our own business now maybe you can look at that for your business and even this podcast to get meta is our attempt to get into people's attention flow or or people's day one of the things i love about podcasts actually is that i get to consume them while my attention can also be somewhere else washing the dishes, you know, I don't have a dog, but if I walk the dog, you know, those types of things, pretty, any like chores I need to do around the house, stuff like that, or, you know, going for a run, podcasts or great things because your attention can be somewhere else. So that's interesting because we're talking about the attention economy and you're basically saying this is something that you consume, takes up part of your attention, but you also are not paying the full amount of attention to it yeah i think podcasts and phones and portable audio devices have opened up like a new realm of attention that maybe wasn't there before so running 1972 if you went out there for your run that there's no disc man walk man whatever like you were out there with nature you know enjoying your run really getting in the in the groove of running and i'm sure you know having a you know great experience running, whatever. That's not really for me. I can't enjoy running for running's <laughs> sake. <laughs> I like to listen to podcasts while I'm running and have something else engaging me to take my mind off the fact that I'm running and and how much I'm disliking that <laughs> it cuts activity. Pain. Yeah. And podcasts are a way that like now you've got an opportunity to get in front of somebody during that time. I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts and mowing the lawn and those types of things. And the way that people's attention, I think it's changed the places where it goes, um, but that it hasn't really changed how that fits into marketers. You know, I think we've just got different mediums. The, the way you need to go about marketing is still 
the best advertising doesn't feel like advertising, whether it's a podcast that, you know, we're trying to add some value or whether it's a, a great television ad from the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, and it's the, the same idea. You're trying to get somebody in their busy day attention flow to say, huh, that was cool, or that made me think, or that broke my attention in some way. Yeah, it's absolutely, you have to pull them out of themselves, which given how much we're bombarded constantly every day, I, there's some crazy stat about the sheer number of advertisements we see per day that was quoted pretty much every single day to me at, like, at journalism school to really be able to break the mold, break someone out of their you know, kind of their you know protective bubble shell, whether they're in a commute home or whether they're at home playing with their kids and an ad comes on the TV is... It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. And I think whether you're running a business or not, you need to be considering how people's attention is shifting. I think every person needed to be aware of how the mobile revolution and mobile phones is going to change every job out there almost and how that's going to change travel for work and change how you worked and change what was expected of you at work. Now, when you're on the subway in 1972, when you were working your accounting job and you were on your 45 minute commute, you were not expected to add any value to your work during that 45 minute commute. That was you time. You got your paper, you could read it. There was nothing you could do. Now, on your commute, you're expected to probably check your email or respond to emails, or you're going to see Slack ping you or you're going to see some notification pop up. And I think it's still people only have the same amount of attention as they had in, in 72. It's just, it's louder because now there's more options for people at any given moment because they've got the world in their hand. So I would actually beg to differ with that. And I don't have the, the statistic or the, the source in front of me, but there's this statistic that goes around that says, we now have an attention span of a goldfish. It's 12 seconds. You have that long to get someone's attention or else you're gone. They actually updated it and said it moved to eight seconds. And that's largely due to how much we have bombarding us or like, you know, vying for our attention. We have less attention span than a goldfish. What do you think that number, though, was in 1970? Like, was it two minutes? Or like, was it 22 seconds? I, I do think, so I'm in a business group with some, like a group of about eight or nine other business owners. And this topic comes up a lot. They talk about millennials and how it's changed. And you would think every person, every baby boomer was this deep intellectual thinker, you know, and how attention, you know, like that couldn't be affected by advertising because they were such a deep thinker, you know, and had all this time to consume it. But like, I don't, really buy that as much like I feel like the reason people read paper the paper in the commute was because they wanted something to do like they would have been looking at a phone if a phone existed like baby boomers today I don't see them reading papers they're they're on their phone because that is where they've chosen to put their attention or it's because where their attention is expected to be yeah I think that's a big I mean that is why we're talking about what we are today like we went from having two really big mediums radio and tv right and well and newspapers you know books okay sorry now i'm expanding but right we had very limited mediums 
media that would attract our attention. And as you expand that offering, as you give people more, one, not only are you going to divide that attention, which may, yeah, you may have a two-minute attention span, you may have a 12-second attention span, but now you're splitting it between 20 things instead of three. But you're also now giving marketers an opportunity to say, okay, uh, now I've got 20 mediums where I need to or want to try to attract attention. How do I make sure that I'm grabbing the attention where it's viable? Before you'd hear a radio commercial. That's the other thing. The inventory wasn't as big. Yeah. You would have three radio commercials and then you'd go back to the program. You'd have, or maybe you'd have some product placement during the actual thing, but it wasn't, it didn't feel markety because that was part of the story, right? Mm -hmm. Or TV, same thing there. But you don't, can't sell the millions of commercials, if you will, that we now have with the millions of impressions that you have on digital. There's even like an attention economy within the attention economy. So you've got the devices or paper or like the way you're getting your content and then you, the actual content you're consuming is another big piece of this. And I think this is where we can really talk about like how we've struggled against the attention economy and how we have hit a lot of walls when it comes to breaking through the noise that's out there. We sell a product at targeted towards digital marketing companies that see a lot of software every year that comes across their desk. They're getting a lot of ads put in front of them. They're seeing a lot of content on LinkedIn from companies like ours. And it's really gotten harder in the last three or four years to stand out. LinkedIn is a completely different place to me now than it was three years ago. Three years ago, you could stand out on LinkedIn just kind of by being on LinkedIn and committing to putting content there. Now, there's so much content on LinkedIn, you need to even now up the game another level and rise above that content. And we're doing a lot of experiments that we're hoping can kind of like break through this noise. And that's why we're talking about today is to get everybody thinking about, okay, where are people's attention going? And then are you just feeding the noise? I hear so often in, in business pitches or whatever, like, oh, we'll just like set up our Twitter account, tweet a few times a day. I'm sure we'll get a following or we'll just set up a PPC campaign and people Googling it, they'll click and just set it and forget it. Yeah, it would be no problem. Like, no, you need to be thinking about all the areas where attention is going and then figuring out if you do go broad, like, do we try to get 1% of the attention of everybody on Instagram or wherever, or all these places? Do we try to put our eggs in a bunch of different baskets and kind of skim the top level surface of all these? Or do we hammer all in LinkedIn and go real deep and deliver, you know, big views? We struggle to answer that for ourselves. We've oscillated back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I came in and I, especially, so this was a year, a little over a year and a half ago. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, we absolutely need a presence here, 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 and here. I'm going to get that going. But then you, it quickly becomes, well, now we need, like you said, now we need to be posting. Now we need to be doing all these things. And then that leads to this kind of overwhelming desire to be all the places and try to get all the eyeballs but when you when we stepped back we honestly noticed that facebook really wasn't doing anything for us i think we moved our uh, follower count down too yeah in the you know three months that we were really actively trying and three months was a short period of time i will give you that but 
that was just one kind of symptom of a, of a lack of attention. Yeah, I think that, that's an example of us thinking, all right, Facebook, it's a box we should check. If somebody goes to Facebook and searches for us as a company, we should look like we exist and we're out there and we're updating it. But we're a B2B software. You know, when people go on Facebook, their attention isn't pulled in that direction. And I will say this. That's not to say that you can't do it as a SaaS or anything else really well, but we didn't have a strategy. We went in saying, okay, we're just going to post, maybe amplify sometimes, and hope we get the eyeballs. And honestly, if we would have stepped back and, and really thought about strategy, maybe we wouldn't have picked Facebook in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, for us trying to think about where we focus in, that's where I think we've made a lot of mistakes too, is we've also like blamed the channel as opposed to really thinking about the message we want to push through those channels and realizing if you're only going to get a little part of somebody's attention and if you're going to maybe pass their Instagram feed or their Twitter feed once every you know couple of weeks and it's maybe across these different levels, you better be saying the same thing or the same like message or some coherence through that. And from our perspective too, we're seeing brand Twitter accounts. So like our company's Twitter account, just less engagement. Like the Twitter algorithms seem to be less excited to push brands unless you're really engaging through the promoted posts. Like I think the reality is if you want to add social or something to to your company's marketing mix, you need to find individuals that are willing to raise their hand and, and, I, and say, yes, I will go on Twitter as myself and talk about our business and represent our business and be a part of this professional community under this Twitter handle. Same with LinkedIn. And I think that is a tough transition to make where in the past you could kind of hide behind those brand Twitter accounts a little bit. I was super active on Twitter for two or three years, but you wouldn't have really known it unless you kind of dug under our company Twitter handle and figured out it was me running the account. And I liked that. I liked kind of having that one step removed. But what I've seen is that you, you're not really developing the relationship with somebody or somebody's not going to interact with a brand in a way that's really going to upset their attention feed like oh wow that was cool at least or your content isn't going to have enough of a chance to get amplified because people don't aren't as uh you know likely to retweet something from i don't know coca-cola because they're like what what do i really have to gain from retweeting this thing from a monster corporation but if it's like the Coca-Cola VP of product that has some video of behind the scenes, them adding some, I don't know, cool ingredient to the new Coke. Like that's, that's probably going to get more play on Twitter than this big corporate branded thing. Like I've seen studies that show like companies will do all these produce videos and like it kind of has like the same amount of production as, or, or, you know, results as really crudely put together more authentic videos so i was just gonna say you think authenticity and kind of that personality would would always trump in the attention you know i, I don't think so <laughs> okay um, and i actually think that linkedin in these places like they're almost becoming you know a victim of companies like drift and this new movement if you go on uh, 
LinkedIn now, I promise you're going to see some selfie-like video that sort of looks like the Blair Witch Project, but a little bit better lighted corporate office environment, <laughs> or somebody walking to their office or walking away. And like, I feel like that is almost occurring so much now that it's starting to lose its luster a little bit. And we're really going through a lot of these cycles super fast now on the social networks. And from our perspective, we saw that over the last month, we were thinking about, okay, how can we maybe break through the noise? Instead of launching like the selfie video campaign, we went the other direction. We decided to like create a, a more highly produced video, kind of go out, shoot some scenes outside. We'll make sure we link to the video so you can see sort of what we're talking about. But our experiment so far, and we just put the video up a couple days ago, is that at least try to like, okay, in a world where everybody's seeing selfie videos, let's show them something that's like not a selfie video at all. And to give some context, I don't know how much you introduced this, but this is a, a video about our new product release. So we have this product or this feature of our product called Autopilot, which basically helps digital advertisers not overspend their campaigns because it'll automatically pause these campaigns. So we took that and we said, okay, how can we add more functionality to enhance digital advertisers' lives, take away some of their headaches, and budget pacing was a really big issue. And so one of the big pieces of our new release is, is creating a daily budget pacing model. And so if you watch the video, you kind of see that thought and strategy and kind of the uh, the not so, yeah. what's the word, not so hidden metaphor, yeah. if you will. And but what we found was like what, what you just said, we... In the past, we've written blog posts where we just kind of give the company line like you just did. And we we didn't even make much of a ripple in a lot of cases. You know, our blog posts get eight, nine, ten views in some cases. So for this one, we went all out. Like we hired a pilot. We got a plane. We got some nice cameras. And we went out in a cool spot to shoot in the desert. But the reason we did this was to try to do something different than what we were seeing out there. And... I think that can be a little bit of the the trick when seeing where people's attention are going and, and trying to be more aware of how people's attention is being spread out through the day is try to realize what's kind of monotony for them now and can you create something different? Can you create research? It can still be a blog post, definitely. It can still be a tweet, but how can you create something different than what somebody's going to see. Like the selfie videos were super popular at the start because nobody was really doing them. You know, people were afraid to put up a video that wasn't well produced, you know, and people were afraid to have it look chintzy, but then people putting it out there and almost like more thought leaders, like doing the videos gave everybody permission to kind of do that. And now there's this onslaught and now it's almost like, okay, what's next? How can you create different video content? We're still not sure if it's going to work or not for us yet. <laughs> so your recommendation is to, like you said, look for the monotony and then try to do something different. I mean, do you recommend any ways of kind of trying to identify that? Is there anything that is specifically said, okay, we're going to go high production video over something that's not even in that, like it's not even in the video medium. Maybe it's something completely different. Like how, how do you decide on that level of innovation to try to get someone's attention? Yeah. Well, the way we're thinking about now is really thinking about marketing in terms of experiments. So don't just take a bunch of wild shots in the dark of, okay, we'll do 
two selfie videos and then we'll go out and shoot a more well-produced video and then my cousin he's got a nice camera and he said he'd help us for a saturday and we can film something you know like don't fire all these different things out there at least have a goal in mind before you take it on so like okay and give it the time to uh, reach that goal so don't just say one selfie video two like okay i'm gonna say I run a brewery or something like that. I'm going to do a series of five or 10 selfie videos, but I'm talking about, you know, new beer or showing the process, something that somebody else isn't able to put on LinkedIn today. Like what can you put on LinkedIn or Twitter or these places that nobody else can put in? That's what I think is a lot of the appeal behind these selfie videos, because at the end of the day, there's something nobody else can put out there because nobody else is sitting in your cubicle. You know, nobody else is, is in your city or walking down your street or has your exact commute. That type of differentiator is, is what I think helped people hook on to the videos at first. But now it's like, all right, I've seen people walk in their commute. I've seen people in their desk. Like that novelty is off. What's the next kind of thing that's going to like get me to, stop my attention flow as I'm bombarded on my cell phone with all these different notifications. Nicole's nodding in approval, and I rarely get that. <laughs> I even gave a thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs Two, up. Really. So I think we can wrap it up there, but that's what I why I really wanted to talk about this topic is that be aware of where your attention's going throughout the day. Be aware of where people around you attention is going to the day and how can you use that to promote your business or translate in that any kind of marketing you're doing whether it's for your brand or anybody else how can you look at a trend and maybe go against a trend or, or flip a trend on its head and get it or start a new one do something different how can you get somebody to break up their attention flow and say huh i'm gonna check that out absolutely all right, let us know. Is there something that's really an ad, anything that's grabbed your attention that, you know, maybe we can steal? So tell us about it. You can find show notes, links to our emails, social, and more at blog.shape.io slash podcast. Yep, and there you can check a link to the video. And for the record, that's why you did miss a podcast episode from us last week. We were out in the desert filming and working hard on the video, getting it done before the product launch this week. So we'll be back on our regularly scheduled weekly rotation here now going forward. John's on a bike in the desert. Go watch it. I mean, <laughs> just for that alone. Uh, I'm really upset I drew the short straw and had <laughs> to be the one in front of the camera for this one. It's... I really hope it doesn't get around to certain college buddies out there for sure, unless I won't hear the end of it. All right. Well, thanks you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Over now. Mm-hmm.